This is The Bijou Show, and I'm your host, Miriam. This week, we are talking to Dr. Tamika Henry, who is a functional medicine practitioner. You know, wellness is a huge part of the Bijou brand, because in order to create a happy and successful life, you need to make sure you're taking care of your mind, your body, and your soul. This week, Dr. Tamika Henry talks to us about what it means to take care of your body in a way that encompasses food, lifestyle, and environmental factors. It's often said that how you treat your body is how it's going to treat you. So take action and integrate these tips into your life. Watch how your body, your mood, and your energy changes. I promise you this episode with Dr. Henry is valuable. And if you do enjoy this episode, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Every time someone leaves a review, it helps me reach more people, helps us spread the word about all the wonderful guests and their wonderful tips on this podcast. Thank you so much and enjoy the show. Dr. Tamika Henry, welcome to the Bijou Show. Thank you for having me on the Bijou Show. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I am thrilled and excited to be talking with you. Thank you so much for joining me. Sorry for our technical mix-ups there. For those of you who are listening right now, we've been trying to uh, get a hold of our tech to make it work properly, and it's finally working. So uh, thank you so much, Dr. Henry. Uh, I want to get started. What is a functional medicine physician? You are a functional medicine physician. What is your role, and what is the main objective of seeing a functional medicine physician? So what a functional medicine physician is, it's we're individuals who are trying to get to what's called the root cause. Basically, we're looking for the why. If you think of, let's give an example of a tree. A tree has tons of branches and it also has the roots. People will always, you know, you prune the leaves, you prune the leaves, you cut the branches back. But where the true problem lies is underneath the surface, underneath in the ground. So you want to get to the roots and figure out what's the root cause, what's going on, what is causing the... Uh, what's the why behind uh, anxiety? What's the why behind why you're being depressed? What's the why behind gut issues? A lot of people come into my practice, they're concerned about their hair or why they're having acne or why they're bloating. And sure, I can give a prescription, but that's just a Band-Aid. So functional medicine is getting past the Band-Aid and getting to what we want to know as like, what's the why and how do I stop it and how do I prevent it? And, that, and that's very different than traditional medicine. It seems like most traditional physicians treat the symptoms and not the cause. It's true because what happens is when you're trained in the traditional system and considering I am a board certified family medicine physician, we're trained to like, okay, what's going on? We're trying to figure out what we can do. And so we want to hurry up, give them a solution, and then they leave the door and on to the next person into the room. When you're talking about functional medicine, we're really, it's almost like I'm an MD. So you're almost like a medical detective. So you're like, okay, what is it? What do we need to look for? It's a little bit more challenging because you're pulling back the layers. You're looking for triggers. You're looking for uh, what's the exposure rate and what's the family history. Um, what else is going? Is there a genetic component? Is, there, uh, is it related to food? Is it related to the environment? Is it related to toxins? So there's so much more going on that we're looking at as opposed to just focusing on one little aspect. And as a functional medicine practitioner, what are some of the things that you're seeing that people are coming into your practice with? What are like the top three issues 
that you think are affecting Americans? Let's, uh, that's a great topic. Let's say fatigue is one. Gut issues is number two. And hormonal issues, top three. So fatigue in the sense of um, not having enough energy. Um, gut issues where they're either having a lot of bloating, constipation, or diarrhea, or like their stomach is just not, they just don't feel right. And when we're dealing with hormones, many people think of hormones as an issue of someone who is a female or male in their late 40s, early 50s, but hormonal issues can happen early on in women and in men. So they may present with, you know, no sex drive or having issues with their hair coming out or something's wrong with their thyroid because thyroid is a type of hormone, right? You have your estrogen issues, your progesterone issues, then you have weight issues that can be related to hormones. So definitely fatigue, definitely gut and hormones. When I talk about hormones, I am also including issues with weight in that particular category. Interesting. So when you're you're peeling back the layers as a detective and you're essentially trying to find out the root cause, am I hearing this right, of all of these different um, diseases which are affecting Americans, what are some of the causes that you believe are causing an uptick in Americans diagnosed with fatigue, with weight issues, and with hormonal issues? So I would say as you pull back the layers, one of the first things that we notice is we're going to start with the basics. Um, Let's deal with food. There's a lot of food that people are eating that's really impacting their uh, level of anxiety, impacting the way their weight is being impacted. Also looking at um, issues as it relates to their skin. And I know that seems so basic, but yet it's so powerful. And the reason why I say that is because there may be something, for instance, I may say, Miriam, you're coming in and this is a problem for you. So what we're going to do is take dairy out of your diet for right now. And you'll say, okay, no problem, dairy. And you may automatically reach for almond milk. Almonds should be considered healthy. But perhaps for you, almonds function just like dairy, causing you to have problems with still bloating, uh, issues with your hair, skin, and things of that nature, or even joint pain. So now we're looking at Almonds are quote unquote healthy, but they may not be healthy for you. So when you start to look at how different foods are impacting people, then you start to realize how they may be a root cause to some of their issues. Does that make sense? That does make sense. And it seems like you have to do a process of elimination on many different levels. Um, It's not as simple as just saying, I'm going to cut dairy and I'll be better. Um, Like you said, you could be reacting to a multitude of things that an allergy test won't show you. Exactly. So when you look at that and you start thinking about even things as simple as um, peas, green peas, and even garlic, people are, okay, green peas should be healthy. Olives, I mean, uh, green peas should be healthy, uh, looking at things overall. But when you're starting to look at the different things in your body and you do some testing, you notice that, oh, okay, your body is reactive here. And even if you don't do any testing, if you start to take foods that are considered inflammatory, out of your diet, then you may start to see different changes in your body. Like many people will say, well, I took gluten out of my body and I don't eat any gluten anymore and I still have the same problems. But there are some foods that cross-react, meaning they, the body sees it like gluten. So you can eat, no longer eat gluten, but you eat a grain and they see, the body looks at it like, oh, she's still eating grains, but she's still eating gluten. But like, no, that's a grain. So what we have to do is realize there's so much cross-reactivity. If we can figure out what are some of the things that causes issues in our bodies that's inflaming, then we need to start removing those things and say, okay, you know what? I'm okay. And the big thing really, I think, is that people want to hear 
that what they're feeling in their body is not psychological because they'll go see their primary care doctor and they say, everything's fine. You're just tired. Take a break. Uh, go on vacation or here's just antidepressant. And I tell people, you know your body better than anybody else. So don't stop pursuing when you know something's wrong. Does that mean, I mean, like, I get so animated. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> what are you talking about? I've been there. Really? I've been there, yeah. Um, I was, um, many of the listeners here that are going to be listening to this episode uh, know my story, read my blog, and I had suffered from a, um, a syndrome that left me with a lot of inflammation. And most of the doctors I talked to said, take it easy. <laughs> take it easy. Eat, eat food that you're going to feel good eating. And no matter what I did, I would still have brain fog, chronic fatigue, muscles that ached, a lot of constipation, uh, which I know is like TMI right now, but I want readers and listeners to know that this is real life. And you should be talking about this with your physician and you should be exploring different options. You should be peeling back the layers, as Dr. Henry has said. So definitely, yeah, one of the things that I started doing was um, applying functional medicine principles in my own life. I've never seen a functional medicine physician, but I've, uh, you know, did my research and hoping to switch physicians soon to, to go see one. But food was the first exploratory option for me. Right. What am I eating? I started keeping a food journal. I started noticing sugars, dairy, and some vegetables that actually caused me inflammation, even though they were quote unquote healthy. Mm -hmm. So what are some of those foods, um, Dr. Henry, that people are eating, just everyday Americans are eating these foods, not knowing that they're being um, you know, causing inflammation and they're, they're being affected by these foods? Great question. I want to just commend you for being able to like recognize that, hey, I'm going to figure this out right now because I don't have any other solutions right now but me. So I really don't. I'm, I'm someone that uh, doesn't take no for an answer. So. And that's the people who do the best is those who just sit back and, like, and just settle. I don't want those of you who are listening, do not settle. Please do not settle. Remember, like I said before, you know your body better than anybody else. Now, to answer your question, we've already talked about dairy. Dairy is quite inflaming. Corn. Corn. Soy. Oh, my Corn. goodness. I had no idea. Corn, um, soy, wheat, uh, different things. And I talk about wheat and I want to be specific because I realize in my practice, many people don't understand that like different foods like bread has wheat in it. There's pasta with wheat in it uh, that you have to be mindful of that. The other thing's rice. I'm also very cautious with people when it comes to tomatoes because tomatoes are nightshades and nightshades can be inflaming for some people. So those are like some of the top basic ones. I would start that people looking just because you, when you give people too much, they get overwhelmed. So I would start for those of you who are listening, I would start with corn, soy, dairy, wheat, and I'm going to be specific wheat, pasta, bread, rice. Um, tomatoes and just I try to take those out. I started with tomatoes too, cutting tomatoes. Tomatoes are my favorite vegetables, which uh, is sad because now I can't have them. <laughs> 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 um, but one of the other things I did was, you know, people eat breakfast cereals 
and mm-hmm. those have grains, those have sugar in them, mm-hmm. and they pour a whole cup of milk in it alongside right. a cup of orange juice, which <laughs> is not really orange juice, but artificial True. flavor. Art- exactly. <laughs> you and know, so- it's interesting. I want to add, add to that. You just said something that I always talk about, sugar. Sugar, sugar, sugar is quite inflaming. So inflaming. So if you're looking at what you're eating and lift, people don't know are learning, I can say, how to read labels. So if you're looking at uh, the labels, you want to make sure you're looking at how much sugar is in it because sugar is very inflaming. And just because something says, uh, well, cane sugar, <laughs> it's still sugar. Honey breaks down to sugar. It's sugar. It's just a healthy halo. So you, you rock. Go for it. <laughs> yes, you understand this. But it's quite addictive, isn't it? Oh my gosh. They did a study and they did a study where they had uh, a pile of sugar and a pile of cocaine with rats. And do you not know that the rats went to the sugar as opposed to the cocaine? And they're saying cocaine is very addictive. Sugar is more addictive than cocaine. Check that out. It seems like we're facing a sugar epidemic on our hands. We do. And I recently read a paper about how, um, there's people who will eat sugar or whatever, say, I need that sugar high. And this paper that I read stated that that sugar high is a misnomer because you'll get a quick bump and it'll drop down and you'll feel even worse. And they compared it with the placebo group. They gave the sugar and they did not give the sugar. And the people who didn't get the sugar felt much better than those who did. So be aware, be aware, be aware of my people. Be aware of sugar. <laughs> and it, it seems like people start off their day eating foods that are going to cause them this chronic fatigue. And they reach 2.30. People are in the office and, you know, give them credit. They're working hard. They feel tired. But it's not just the regular, I'm tired of staring at my screen. It's I'm tired because I've been eating foods that cause me chronic fatigue. Um, right. So what, what is inflammation? Can you describe us? What does that look like in the average person's body? Okay, so let's describe inflammation in two parts. There's internal inflammation and external inflammation. So let's start with external because that's what most people are familiar with. If you were to take, I'm left-handed, so if you were to take your left hand and scratch the back of your right hand, eventually, if you keep scratching and scratching, that will turn red. And eventually it will break down and the skin will come out and you'll start to bleed. But the redness and the swelling is external. You can see that. That's obvious. Internal inflammation presents itself like brain fog, uh, bloating, constipation, pain. Those are signs and symptoms that are consistent with internal inflammation. So it's not so necessarily visible to the eye like external, but internal inflammation is more so the symptoms that produce that you feel and you're like, what is this? But you don't necessarily see it to the external eye. So someone can say, wow, she looks so good on the outside, but yet falling apart on the inside. That is inflammation internally. And what can someone do when they start feeling like that? What are the first steps to beating inflammation? Great. So what I would start with, and if we're starting with what I call um, the HAP method, hoping and a praying that what this work does works for me, all right? So if you're starting with this, what I would say is, number one, I want you to do, I want you to write out for yourself what you're eating. Just do three days. Just write down what you're eating. And then as you write that out, write down how you feel when you, how you felt after you ate that, okay? 
So when you start looking at that, so you're writing down what you're eating and documenting next to it, how you felt, then you're like, okay, when I ate this, I felt tired or I didn't feel um, uplifted. I feel like I feel more bloated. You write that down. So then when you started going after inflammation, you're like, okay, that day I had a sandwich, I had um, some chips and I had maybe a cup of coffee. And you're like, well, I drank the coffee in the middle of the day because most people get sleepy around two, three, four o'clock in the afternoon. You start to eliminate certain foods. You start to recognize, okay, how is your sleep? Do you get enough sleep at night, right? Because the body needs to repair. Now, many of us have a cell phone, an iPad, a laptop, and we're so quick to charge that up, right? You need to do the same thing to our bodies. We need to recharge and repair our bodies, and we do that through sleep. So getting enough sleep at night, I even tell my patients, you know, set an alarm to go to bed because you get so distracted with everything else. You know, next thing you know, it's 12, one o'clock in the morning and you have to wake up six, seven o'clock and you're waking up and you're just hitting the snooze button. So setting an alarm to go to bed, as well as perhaps turning off all electronic devices, at least 45 minutes to an hour before going to bed. So you can wind the body down. We've talked about, um, sleep. Next thing, water, hydration. The body needs enough hydration on board to help um, flush things out, to help with the skin, help with the gut, help release toxins. The next thing that I would recommend to help uh, fight inflammation is to look over and see if you're around in any, are you in any toxic relationships? Because that stimulates stress. Stress over time causes a raise in, uh, a rise in the cortisol levels, which leads down a path of inflammation and eventually that cortisol level can drop to where it's non-existent and then that leads to adrenal fatigue and that's just that chronic fatigue that people are talking about so we're going to go after uh, food we're going to go after water go after sleep and looking at toxic relationships and most importantly even above all that is making sure that you tell yourself i'm really big on mental that i am going to feel better than this and i am going to get better despite what the people around me are saying, despite what the doctors are saying, despite what family may be saying or friends or colleagues, because you have to choose to say, you know what, I'm going to get better and I'm not going to settle. Do not, ladies and gentlemen, please never settle because you deserve the best. That is so true. And it, it seems it's not just about what we put into our bodies but really what we surround ourselves with, including what we surround our minds with. Um, I just interviewed a psychologist for the Bijou Show who said, where you put your energy, that is where it's going to stay. Exactly. So, yeah. So if you do dwell on those thoughts of, I am never going to get better. I am never going to lose weight. I am never going to clear my acne. Well, you're more than likely never going to take the action steps you need to take to start that process. Um, self-limiting beliefs, I think is the number one killer of goals. I totally agree. I believe I recently read another book. I meant I've been reading so much stuff lately. I've been like enjoying myself reading them. Like, okay, medicine <laughs> stuff is great. But I read this book recently and it stated your inner world will represent your outer world. And that is so true on all levels. Whatever you have going in and like the psychologist you interviewed said, what you focus on is where you're going to be. If you focus on the negative and if you go 360 degrees, where do you end back? You end up back at where? The negative thought. You can't have to get yeah, past that. I've never heard a physician talk about this like you have. <laughs> oh, I'm really passionate about it because 
I too have to tell myself, I have to choose. I mean, granted, I do functional medicine. I am married. I have two boys. I have a practice. I like to work out. I have all these different things going on. And I have my moments where I'm like, you know what? I'm a little tired today. And I have to say, you know what? Or I don't want to do it. Or I can't believe this is happening. I tell myself, okay, I have to choose. Either I'm going to dwell on this thought and let it be energy dwelling and take it away, or am I going to dwell on this other thought that's energy uplifting this? Okay, you know what? I'm having a moment, but I tell people, you can visit pity, but you can't live there. You can have a moment, but you got to get out of it. And uh, not to to steer off topic, but I read that you started your functional medicine journey because of your own health issues. I did. That's interesting you um, bring that up because I tell people as a kid, I had juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. So I was always, always in the hospital getting IVs to this day. And when I see a needle, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> You're a doctor. <laughs> and I'm a doctor. <laughs> I'm like, now I can give an injection. I can draw blood. I can do all that. But when it comes to me, it's just, I was in the hospital a lot. I had tons of aches and pain, um, was in there all the time. And I was diagnosed with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. And what happened was, meaning that I was achy all the time, even this happened when I was in elementary. So all the way up from like being, according to my mom, when I was about two years old, I was complaining about some stuff all the way up until about the uh, fifth or sixth grade, I was having all kinds of issues and being in the hospital, being uh, in a situation where you're like, there's no fun in the hospital. I mean, they have candy stripers, but that's not being a kid, right? So slowly but surely, interesting enough, my body started to heal itself. Uh, my mom definitely was someone, and my parents were very much into, let's see what we can do to eat healthy and things of that nature. But my body started to just heal itself. And now what I tell people is I'm just more aware. I know when I eat sugar, and that's to say I have a weakness for Swedish fish, that candy. I cannot be around it. I can't be near it. <laughs> I will feel that in my joints. And I just know that having that and recognizing that eating certain foods and eating clean and getting enough rest, like this morning, I typically do a hot yoga class with weights. This morning I was tired and more tired than normal. I said, you know what? Maybe I need a break. So I didn't go. So what I'm trying to get at is when you start to pay close attention to your body, it starts to tell you when things are going on. It says it. But what we do is we put it to the side. And I think because I had juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, I'm just more aware and I'm just more cognizant of the fact that, okay, I need to take it easy. I won't do this. And I'm someone who could be in pain and will push through it. Like if you're, if we're taking a boxing class and I don't feel my best because I'm so competitive, I will box and fight and duck and bob and weave just to complete the class. But when you're looking at people as a whole, when I think about it, like I did today, I was like, you know, give yourself permission to say no. No, I'm not going to do this today. I'm going to rest. I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to do this podcast, have some fun. And then I'm going to drive up to the mountains and go to the lake and have a great time and just relax. So my body is saying, relax today. Do that. Your body tells you, Miriam. It's so, it tells you so many times. We just ignore the signs and the signals. We do. And it seems like it's so commonplace where, um, especially women, you know, we have responsibilities <laughs> that uh, we have to take care of, you know, our households, we have to go to work, we have to keep healthy. And we tend to push ourselves. And I, I want to, you know, correlate this to the stress that we face on an everyday basis. 
we wake up early. We have to feed ourselves. If we have families, we feed our families. We go to the gym. You know, we may not even be feeling that well. And then we go to work. We spend all day at work. We come home and it's just a routine. And what do we end up doing at night? Sitting on the couch, using our phones, using our computers, watching the television, not getting enough sleep, and the cycle continues. It seems like a cycle. So uh, for everyone listening, you do have to get out of that cycle. And if you are feeling any inflammation, take Dr. Henry's advice and start listening to your body, whether that is keeping a journal or noticing symptoms throughout the day. If you find yourself feeling tired at 10 in the morning, question it. Say, why am I tired? Is it because I didn't get enough sleep? What did I eat last night? Is it something that, you know, is it conversation playing in my head that's causing toxic energy? Um, So that's really important. I want to dive deep into the gut because it feels like the gut is part of the issue that people have when you talk about um, weight, weight issues. Mm-hmm. And when you also talk about stress and eating. So can you tell us why is the gut important and what's going wrong with our guts? So think about it like this. Our gut is the largest immune organ in the body. I mean, everything, everything begins and ends in the gut. We eat something, it gets broken down, the body keeps what it needs to keep, and then it's supposed to eliminate the stuff we don't need. But what happens with the gut is that you get this problem with the gut bacteria where there gets an imbalance. And when you see the imbalance, it may present as uh, bloating, constipation, uh, joint pain, headaches, skin outbreaks, as far as acne or eczema, um, mood changes, like uh, feeling very anxious, very depressed. And people don't recognize that, oh, it may be my gut because it doesn't seem so obvious, right? And I'm glad you bring up the gut. And I talk about that being one of the issues in my practice because when you break it down and what I do is I just take a solid history. And I mean, I ask a lot of questions. You're going to, people are like, really? I'm like, yeah, really? I want to know. And when you find out and then you start hearing about the history, then you do the testing that looks specifically at the gut, which is powerful. It's not like the testing that they do in the hospital where they look at something called ova and parasite and whether or not you have uh, blood or white blood cell counts. This particular stool study looks at Uh, the good bacteria, the bad bacteria? Do you have viruses? Do you have parasites? Uh, Is there a breakdown in something called secretory IgA, which deals with the tight junctions? It looks at whether or not you have enzymes. It looks for H. pylori. I mean, it goes and looks for worms. I mean, this test, and it's also what's called uh, PCR DNA-based. This test is awesome. I mean, if you're going to have any test, if you're not in the testing and and you're on a budget or whatever the case may be, this is the test you want. And what this does is it yields information to me as um, uh, to me by letting me see, okay, here are some of the imbalances. Here's where we have what's called a stealth infection. And what a stealth infection is, is where it's quiet. It doesn't necessarily present with what people are accustomed to. People are accustomed to like, oh, diarrhea, uh, vomiting, fever, chills. That's an obvious acute infection. A stealth infection is quiet. It just hangs out and it brews and it causes people some discomfort every now and then and they just ignore it. So when you see that, when you see this gut imbalance, you see this infection, then as a provider, you want to say, okay, we've started to eliminate these things out of your uh, 
daily food consumption. Now what we want to do is go and attack and get the gut back in shape. So we want to make sure that we remove the things that are causing the problem. We want to go in and replace the stuff that needs to be replaced, whether that's with enzymes. Some people need enzymes to help break down food. We want to make sure that we treat it. We want to get rid of that stuff that doesn't necessarily need to be there. And then we want to put it back into balance. Like, okay, now we want to add the probiotics. I mean, there's a big probiotic push. Everybody's on a probiotic. Oh, I want to take a probiotic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you could buy it at Whole Foods. (laughs) So why not? (laughs) You can go to Whole Foods. You can go to Trader Joe's. You can go to the uh, Walgreens, Walmart. You can get a probiotic anywhere. But what if you don't necessarily, what if the probiotic is just part of it? What if you need um, to get the bacteria back in order by treating the underlying stealth infection? Then you give the probiotic. When I tell my patients, this is a pearl for those of you who are listening. When I give my probiotics, I tell my patients to take it at night before going to bed because that way it's not interacting or interfering with any of the foods you've eaten for the day and you just go to sleep and take it at night. So those of you who are taking a probiotic, okay, but make sure that if you're taking the probiotic, make sure you're eating clean and make certain if you're still having symptoms, there may be something else going on. And although the probiotic is helpful, it's not going to get you what's dealing with that underlying stealth infection. Can we talk a little bit about one of um, what of those infections? What can you expect? What are some of those stealthy infections that you so, see in your office? Okay, so some people have yeast. So yeast is uh, it's basically called candida. Uh, candida can grow inside the stool where women have been exposed to what's called a yeast infection, which deals with a vaginal infection, is itchy and things of that nature. Yeast can also be a part and be inside the stool. And what that does is you can have, you may not feel anything, but it'll light up on my stool study as high. And it's like, okay, we need to treat this. And one of the things you may also notice in there, there's something called H. pylori. This is another bacteria that deals with the stomach. And many of you who may be listening may have heartburn or may have someone in your family who's had heartburn. And H. pylori is the bug that's associated or can be associated with heartburn and with ulcers. So when people are starting to have heartburn, ulcers, or discomfort in the chest area that seems like there's this reflux type feeling, it, could, it can be associated with H. pylori. And what we do is we treat that. Now you can do it the traditional way is you treat for 14 days with antibiotics, an H2 blocker, and um, some other medication. But even with that, people have had that particular traditional medicine treatment and still have signs and symptoms afterwards associated with H. pylori. What we do in my practice and many other functional medicine practices is that we'll go from a herbal route because when you use a bacteria, when you have a bacteria and you use um, an antibiotic, it knocks out both the good and the bad bacteria. Yeah, that's so. a common <laughs> common uh, thing I hear with a lot of people that take antibiotics. Exactly. I feel crappy afterwards. I'm not supposed to. Well, you know, you've depleted everything in your body. <laughs> exactly. So um, like- you, 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 need, you do need to, you know try a different method. So I, I'm sorry. To, to no, but you off. no, you didn't. That's true. You're like, Oh, I feel worse now than I did before. Well, you knocked out everything. <laughs> so I'll tell people, you know, we can do the traditional route if that's what you want to do. But even if we do the traditional route, I'm still going to follow up behind that with a functional medicine route that basically treats H. pylori for about 45 days where we're going in and we're really trying to eradicate specifically just that particular bacteria. And then we're trying to heal the gut. And many of my patients won't, don't want to go the back to the anti, uh, the, the antibiotic route. They want to go, let's go to herbal route. Cause I don't want to knock out the good. I'm like, good. 
because you've been educating yourself so well about what's going on. And I really empower those of you who are listening to continue to research and look and learn and see what's out there and understand. Some physicians don't like it when you come to them with information and say, hey, this is what it is. But I tell my patients, hey, look, I am not the guru. What I am is the person that's here to help you recognize what you've learned and put it into place for what's going to work for your body. But don't stop researching because a doctor or a nurse practitioner or someone else has told you, don't tell me this. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to know about the internet. I can tell you. <laughs> My doctor asked me if I was ready to go to med- medical school because he was willing to send me off after one of the appointments. <laughs> I came in with like a list of things. I'm like, here you go. Here's what I've found. And here's what I researched. And, you know, he's, he's a good chap good spirit. So he, he definitely works with me, but I'm hearing you really need to have that connection with your physician. And if you aren't comfortable bringing these topics up, maybe it's time to switch physicians. I would agree. (laughs) I agree wholeheartedly. I tell people all the time. And even I tell my parents, I'm like, if you've left a doctor's office with the same question, you, you walked in with the question, you came out with the same question, perhaps you need to consider another provider. Uh, because you should have the comfort. The one thing I can say is that in my practice, we are very warm. I mean, I, people, I get invited to baby showers, <laughs> weddings and everything. I'm like, I like, I love people and hearing them really, truly, truly value their bodies. Like you said earlier, women just soldier through the day. So when I have a woman who's really ready to like, okay, like I can't just soldier through the way, day and feel like this. I'm like, you can't, you have to stop. Tell me what you've learned so far. And I have no problem saying, okay, I've never heard of that. Let me look it up. And I'm not, a, you know, it's so funny. I'm like, I'm not a Chinese herbalist. So I'm coming with all these herbs. I don't know about that, but I will tell you what I do know and what the research has shown as it relates to what you've found so far. And then we learn together. That's the best patient doctor relationship. That is, that uh, uh, supersedes everything because now the patient feels heard. They feel like you actually care and now they trust you and now they're willing to really embark upon this great health journey together. And that's how it should be. That is how it should be. And I feel like when you when people do come to you for those issues, those gut issues, you know, you're such a friendly person, I can tell already. <laughs> um, and that's the kind of connection you want. Um, so going back to the gut treatment, so people are, feel icky, um, having those underlying diseases, having those, you know, inflammation, whether it's acne or, you know, having aches. What are some of the treatments that you just talked about? You, you know, we did say antibiotics, but can you explain a bit more what kind of herbal treatments are used for gut issues? Okay, great, great. So what I will do is, for, I will use, um, depending on what it is. So let's say we have a lot of uh, imbalance, tons of gut imbalance, too much. Well, I like to use uh, grapefruit seed extract. I like to use oregano oil. I will also use something. Um, it's called uh, what do I repair vite or um, GI resolve. Those are two different product names that I really like that help repair the gut lining. And then I will add in a probiotic. What I try to do is I try to avoid giving too much stuff, but I want to give a big bang so that we get res- a result. So definitely looking at grapefruit seed extract, oregano oil, and you have to be, those of you who are hearing me who are out ready to go buy oregano oil, hear me clearly, (laughs) slow down, make sure you get a a practitioner on board to help guide you on how to take it. Um, Even the grapefruit seed extract, anything, supplements should be just that, supplemental. 
So when I see this, um, grapefruit seed extract, oregano oil, uh, a good probiotic, and then something to help repair. I like the product Repairvite or GI Resolve. I like both of those. I probably use more GI Resolve because it has a higher concentration. Um, but when you're doing those things, and I would typically treat that for about 60 days. And I know, like it's, I know it sounds like a lot of time, but you want to make certain that people are compliant, that they're doing it based on the regimen, and then that they have an adequate amount of treatment. And then the next question you should ask me would be like, so do we retest? People get their test results, we treat, and I typically won't retest for another six months looking at the gut, just because you want to give enough time for healing and get the right regimen on board, as far as that's concerned. And this goes along with eating healthy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you cannot be treating gut issues if you're going to be eating candy and sugars and God knows what else, because it's not going to work. So as a patient, you also have a responsibility to follow doctor's orders, right? It's, <laughs> it's not just let me take an oregano oil pill here and there. It's, you know, everything works in a conjunction with the treatment. So not only are you treating whatever you have to treat, you have to make sure you're eating healthy, getting enough water, getting enough sleep, like Dr. Henry said, and also treating the mind and making sure you're calm through this, believing that you're going to get better and making sure that people around you are supporting you. Yeah, I totally that, agree with that. I, I <laughs> only thing I would add would be have some fun. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> you have to have fun because if you don't, then it just makes the whole process scary to be yeah. honest. It makes it scary and you're less likely to complete it if you're afraid and you're frustrated. Now, granted, you're going to have some bumps in the road, but if you're having a good time saying, you know what? I know I'm not eating what you guys are eating, but right now I'm trying to get my body right. Stop focusing on my plate and let's focus on what we're going to do tonight at this party. You know, <laughs> whatever the case may be, because you have to have fun. Yeah. Speaking of plates, weight issues. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've, you know, so many people think that eating the right thing and just going to the gym every time, you know, is going to help with you know, whatever weight issues they're facing. What are some of the things you're hearing from people in your practice about Dr. Henry? I can't seem to lose weight or I can't seem to gain weight. What is considered healthy weight? And I know that's such a vague question, but you know, it, it just talking about food, there is always that question. Okay, so I'm eating the right things, but what else is happening behind the scenes where my plate is a subject of my, my weight. So what are some of those things that you're hearing from people? Um, what weight issues are you seeing? I hear a lot of no matter what I eat or no matter what I do, I can't lose weight. And I hear a lot of like, you know, I'm trying everything. I've done, uh, uh, the keto diet. I've done the Atkins thing. I've done um, the paleo. I've done the autoimmune. I've done gluten-free and I'm still not losing weight. Uh, or I think um, it's my thyroid maybe problems with my causing problems with my weight. I hear so much. And then I'll hear um, some people say that, you know, I can't, because there's both ends of the spectrum. There's, I can't lose. I can't gain. They both ill with, they both deal with the fact that there's a metabolic problem, period. So the person who's looking at this one over here is, oh, she's too skinny. And, th- and then this one's like, wow, I'm overweight. Stop, 
comparing, don't compare and despair. I think the media has really messed us up because we'll look at the picture on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we'll look at all these different things and, and then the magazines and we compare. Ladies and gentlemen, compare is despair. What's right for you is what's right for you. you I mean, people look at the BMI, which is the body mass index. But if you're someone who's muscular, your body mass index will show you that you're overweight. So that's a problem. <laughs> then you look at <laughs> the standards. And so what I'm going to say is you want to look at overall, how do you feel about yourself? No matter where you are, what size you are, you have to believe that you are beautiful. You are magnificent. And you have a lot going on for you right where you are. And then, but you have a different goal. So when you think about weight, what I want you to change, instead of looking at the scale, instead of looking at um, what your plate looks like, I want you to look at inflammation. I want you to ask yourself, okay, where's my inflammation going on at? I must be inflamed somewhere. And that's what it is. As you get rid of inflammation as a side effect, the weight will come off. In addition to that, if there's some imbalances in your hormones, once you correct that, the weight will start to come off. If you're having issues with your adrenal glands and we get that under control, the weight will start to come off. So there's this multifactorial approach that we have to take. Otherwise, men and women beat themselves up daily about their weight. And that in itself is devastating, not only to them, but to the people around them. And in fact, their um, life with their children, their interaction with their husband, the re uh, relationships with their coworkers, that's an issue. So we have to really reel that back in and say, you know what? I'm just inflamed right now. And <laughs> I gotta get rid of this inflammation. Now we have, I want you to really think about, this is freedom. We have freedom to be ourselves, freedom to think well of ourselves, freedom to choose what we choose to do, with freedom to act a certain way, freedom to believe that, you know what? I'm not that person next to me, nor am I my mom, nor am I my coworker, I am me. So I tell people, freely choose yourself to be the best you you can be right now. Even if you make one little error, you still have the next hour, like I'm gonna do better. So do better, do better with the eating, do better with the sleeping and stop being so hard on yourself. Grace, extend grace to yourself because you are beautiful people and there's so much negativity in the world and that negativity often begins inside of us. So stop that. And I tell people we should do what's called an affirm action. We have affirmations, but affirm action is like, you know, I am going to eat more healthy vegetables over the next few days, or I'm going to start that today because I want to become a better me. Do a, put a positive thing with an action behind it and just make little wins. If it's to drink more water, then to drink more water. Stop looking, stop comparing. And I said before, and I will say again, compare is despair. It's horrible. Social media, is, it has a lot of pluses, but when you look at it and you, you start to beat yourself up, then maybe you need to do what's called a social media fast where you don't look at it for a while. Maybe you say for a week, and I've told people that before and they've almost passed out. Like, oh no, not looking at my Instagram page, not my Facebook feed. A Facebook, Instagram, social media, whatever, fast and just honor yourself and say, you know what, I'm a beautiful person and I'm doing things to make myself better right now which would then impact my family, impact my friends, impact my community. And that's what we're all here. We're all here for a purpose. And when we recognize that, we have really established and really have done well in the world today. Yeah, and that just goes to show that what you see on, online is never really the truth. We, mm. don't, we don't know what a person's going through, and we're not meant to know 
don't judge, take a break. You know, if you're self-conscious about your body, maybe don't follow the fitness influencers. Um, Their body is different than yours. Their actions are different than yours. You have no idea what they have done to alter their appearance in any way. We cannot take anything as it is. Take it with a grain of salt on social media. Um, Dr. Henry, what advice do you have about community in relation to health? What can we be doing? What can we ask of our friends and our loved ones and our family members to help support us in our health journeys? Um, I think community is essential. I, I believe it with the depths of my heart and having the right community around you and the ones that, and you, you will know your community advocates for you because they will always have a positive, uplifting, honest word for you that will lead you down a direction to get to the path or the goal you're trying to get to. So what I would say for those of you listening in is, number one, um, write down what it is you want. <laughs> write it. Because if you really want it, you should have written it down somewhere. Now, maybe it's on your phone. You put it in the notes section. Maybe it's a screensaver, but write down what it is. What's your goal and what's your health goal that is. And then you're going to pick, I would say, your top three people because you're going to run into some saboteurs and they are going to come in full force. The minute you say you're going to do something healthy for your body, there's going to be a ton more people who are going to tell you all the reasons why you shouldn't do it, why it's not going to work, and you're just wasting time. Recognize those top three. And then I would also program on your phone an alarm. I'm big on alarms, as you can see, that something positive, a motivational um, meme or motivational words that you say to yourself that just pops up, uh, whether you need that push around uh, first thing in the morning or in the afternoon or both. So having the positive, having the three people around you, setting an alarm, and then telling your family members, you know, this is my journey. I know you may agree or may agree or may not agree but recognize this is my body and I want you to respect me where I am and cheer me on. When that negative thing comes on for you, just leave the room. If you don't know what to say, (laughs) just walk away. Then come back and say, okay, I'm ready. You can do this, move forward. I mean, that should resonate with many people. I think it will. Um, And I think everyone here can agree that they have someone in their life that's going to be making a comment or a judgment, whether that's family or friends or someone at work, you know, they, they see you bringing in your healthy meal and say, oh, Susan, is that, is that what you're having for lunch today? Not, not this, not that. And, and, you know, you have to tune them out. It is internal strength. It's going to be required of you to move forward in your health journey. I come from a very large European and Mediterranean family, and there is a lot of unhealthy eating. And so when I first started my, guys, I'm not having any dairy, it was gasps all around the room. (laughs) It was like my big fat Greek wedding where people say, what do you mean you're not having any milk? Oh, you know, what do you mean you're not going to have any lamb with us, right? Um, And so it really is about having that resilience to say, nope, I'm digging my feet in. Uh, this is me. This is my health journey. And you are more than welcome to support me if you'd like to support me. But if you don't, please keep your opinions to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And being being okay with that, being okay with saying that. Yeah, yeah, you have to, you have to be comfortable. You have to, you have to be comfortable in your own journey and be comfortable in your own skin and realize that the comments 
don't matter because your health is the most important thing. It's so true that your health is definitely your most valuable asset. I was asking some financial advisors, I was in a meeting with them and they were all talking about their clients and money and so forth. And I'm like, I don't care how much money you have. If your health is not right, you're going to spend it all on health issues. So get your health right. Have your clients get your health right. Get their health right. And then when we're talking about like looking at them as a whole and I tell them, you know, you have to help people understand that they have to be okay with who they are and telling people no. Like, no, I'm not going to hear that. Tune you out. And it takes practice, ladies and gentlemen. It's not going to happen overnight. It takes practice. You may shed a tear here and there. You may go box and hit a wall or whatever the case may be, but you will get there. You will. And you, because you've already made the mindset of saying, you know, I have the mindset to move forward, get my health right, despite what anyone else says. And for those of you who are rooting for me, thank you. And let's move forward. And how can I help you? Because community is all about helping each other. So if they're helping you in this journey, because everybody has an issue, everybody, whether they want to accept it or not, or they're willing to share it is a different story, but everybody has something that they're going through. There's so much going on that it's inevitable that everybody has something, how they deal with it is different. And Dr. Henry, I totally believe that, you know, you are a great resource for anyone that is looking to start their journey, get some answers. Can you give us your top three wellness tips. If you could start your day off and you could only give us three tips, what would those tips be? Number one, uh, mindset. What is the positive thing you're going to say about yourself and how do you want your day to begin? How do you want that day to be? I need you to start right there. That's number one. Number two would always be to get some water on board, plenty of water on board. Uh, and I say that because like I said, hydration is so, so important. And then um, as we're thinking about uh, mindset, water, the last point would be, and I'm, I'm torn because I want to put exercise and food together, but if I had to pick. <laughs> food surcise. <laughs> food surcise. <laughs> you can have an apple while walking. Right. I mean, definitely, um, I'm going to combine the two and I'm going to say that uh, food is essential, but movement is just as important because we live in such a sedentary lifestyle right now and people aren't moving like they should. So if we were to combine the two where you, uh, if, even if it's a drink of smoothie and uh, we go and we do, uh, we just walk the block or you're in your home and you're doing planks. I have a patient, a patient who does prayer and planks. So she prays and planks for a minute, uh, two minutes. She, she started off with being able to do only like five seconds. Now she's up to two minutes and she prays and planks in the morning. So. I think I'm going to do that now. <laughs> that is so amazing. Isn't that good? Oh I my love goodness, it. yeah. So, that is amazing. Prayer and plank. Um, but it's just the idea of movement and recognizing you're moving because you have to get the blood flowing. We need the circulation movement, which is good for the brain, good for the heart, good for the limbs. It's good for everything. So those three, I know you've heard them before or you may not have, and it may just be a reminder. They're so essential. The rest will come with you meeting the right uh, provider, whether it's a functional medicine doctor to help you get to where you're going as far as your health journey. But I always tell people, you know, unlimited thinking, unlimited you. That's my tagline. I love it because where you are mentally is where you're going physically. And if we're going in the right direction, it's going to start mentally. We're going to drink some water. I'm like, okay, let me get things flowing. Let me get a little food on board. Let me get a little movement. And now I've started my day off right. Top three. 
Doesn't Thank matter. you, Dr. Henry. Where can we learn more about you, your practice, and get to know you better? I have. You can follow me on Instagram, which is my name. It's at Tamika Henry MD. Tamika is T A M I K A, and Henry is H E N R Y M D. Also, my website is Unlimited Health Institute, and I'm really excited to talk with you. I offer people uh, what I uh, a 15 minute uh, free strategy call where we sit and we understand what's going on with your health and try to give you some beginning uh, steps. And then if this is the next step, if you're a good fit for our program, then we'll move along to the next step. But most importantly is just um, we're available. We're here for you. You see my personality. I don't deviate much. And my team is just like I am. We're really upfront. Um, and we like to have fun. And that's important. I'm all about having fun in this health journey because too many people are just too stuffy <laughs> when it comes to health. Thank you so much, Dr. Henry. It's been a pleasure and a joy talking to you today. Ah, pleasure's all mine. Thank you as well. This has been a blast. Hey there, it's Miriam. I wanted to say thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Bijou Show. Now I have something very exciting, so listen up. I am giving away a copy of Dr. Mark Hyman's new book. It's titled Food, What the Heck Should I Make? Now, this book is going to be a resource for recipes for an anti-inflammatory diet, mostly whole foods, plant-based. Now, as you know from this show, wellness is a huge aspect of how to live a successful lifestyle. So without the right groundwork for your body and your mind, you cannot move forward. If you're not taking care of your body, you cannot go after your dreams, you can't go after your business, you can't go after that job you want, that relationship you want, that kind of lifestyle you want without taking care of yourself first. That's a huge aspect of the Bijou brand. And if it's already not clear, go back and listen to episode one with Ocean Robbins. Go back to listen to the episode with Dr. Ojikutu. Go back to listen with the episode... Um, here that you just listened to. If that's not obvious to you, you need to re-listen to this episode. Food is important. Wellness is important. And that's why I want to give you this resource, which is Dr. Mark Hyman's new book, Food, What the Heck Should I Make? Now, if you want to win this book, all you have to do is leave a review of the show. So wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, leave a review, send me a screenshot of your review at info, I-N-F-O, at bijoupodcast.com. That's info, I-N-F-O, at B-I-J-O-U, podcast.com. Give me a subject line that says, uh, entering the giveaway for the book, and I'll make sure to enter your name in the drawing. That's all you have to do. Just subscribe to the show. Let me know how much you love it. Let other people know how much you love it. And I will enter you to win this copy of this wonderful resource. Because I believe it's going to really help you change your life. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Enter that giveaway. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And I will see you next week for another exciting interview.